Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Solutions Pod, sponsored by NatureHub.com, which is a platform designed to empower your conscious consumer decisions. I'm Jay Harvey Lewis, and at Nature Hub this month, we're celebrating Ethical Business Month, and as part of that, today we're going to be talking about some problems and solutions related to a product that most of us use on a regular basis, which is soap. And today we'll be talking about two very solid products that could one day replace the liquid shampoos and conditioners that most of us have grown accustomed to along with plastic containers. Um, so soap has gotten a lot of attention recently because it's better than hand sanitizer at neutralizing viruses, um, bacteria and other pathogens because it can destroy the lipid bilayer membrane more effectively. And um, I think the most of the products on the market though have ingredients which can be harmful to living organisms. So it's kind of ironic. Um, most of us have probably at some point seen beautiful handmade soaps at farmers markets and boutiques, but I think a lot of us have wondered, are they really that much different? So today to help answer that question is our wonderful co-host Sia Vasevic, who's our community manager at naturehub.com and our amazing guest and soap expert, Lana Lilick of uh, solidamy.co.uk. So for those of you who are watching, that's S-O-L-I-D-A-M-I-E dot co dot U-K. Thank you so much for joining us, Lana. Thanks so much for having me. It's, it's a great pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm really curious. Uh, how, what is your story like? How, what brought you to the point of making a soap product that is, is so revolutionary? Um, sure. So um, my story, you know, as I look back, I think began even when I was when I was a child because I was always interested in sort of doing the right thing. Um, I remember when I was about nine years old, I grew up in Russia. Um, I was standing at the traffic light and this guy stopped his car and threw a cigarette butt out of the car and I sort of stormed off and threw it back at him in the car. And I remember my mum's face it was like she was just absolutely horrified and she was like what are you doing she thought I was just a scrappy child and you know trying to cause trouble but I understand now that I was just very passionate I was just passionate about the right thing I was passionate about people not littering and I think years on it's kind of the same passion that led me to look at the ugly side of beauty and um, you know basically see like what I can do what you know how I can make a difference because I always wanted to have a business but I just to kind of was waiting for the right moment to see when I can bring something and I can change something and you know make the world a better place and educate people around the subject as well so wow that that's such a <laughs> cool story to get started I, you know I've seen videos like that uh, of that have gone completely viral of people like throwing trash back in people's <laughs> cars but like you are way ahead of your time that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And actually, I wanted to mention it's interesting um, about, you know, this whole soap, soap thing, because actually in our formulations, there is no soap. But I think a lot of customers and I, I can see that totally that every time they see a solid product, they think automatically think it's a soap. But uh, just to kind of just show the difference. So with with soap, which is a natural soap that you mentioned, farmers markets and what you see being made. Um, it's made in a slightly different way. So it, you basically uh, mix oils with caustic soda, which is effectively an acid, and you have to wait uh, for them to solidify and to um, 
for, for the soda to evaporate, which takes about three weeks, because if, if you use it beforehand, you could potentially um, you know, burn your skin and it's, it's just not good. Um, whereas with, um, and what that also means is with soap, it naturally has a very high level of pH. So for example, our pH of our skin is about four to five and that product will have 10. So for example, I mean, I know my mom is obsessed with soaps, but I actually, I never thought that it works for me because I always notice that it's very dry on your skin, but some people like it. I think they call it squeaky clean kind of feeling. Um, whereas with the products which have no soap, so for example, our products, because we use um, surfactants, which means cleansing ingredients, and um, they're made out of the derivatives of various vegetables, so for example, rapeseed or coconut, and you mix them in and um, they, you can use them straight away. And you can actually, with that formula, you can adjust the pH. So you could design it for your body, for your skin, or you can design it for your hair, um, etc. So just also wanted to mention that. Yeah, I noticed that your your soaps have, or I guess they're, this is a soap that's not really a soap. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. And so I guess these are a lot different than even the, the fancy soaps that you're seeing at the farmer's market. This is like next level up. So that's, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, I'm kind of curious, uh, you mentioned some of these uh, phytochemicals uh, and I guess these are like high powered nutrients, right? Mm -hmm. um, how did you, how did you get into, into that um, kind of, uh, sure. Thing. Yeah. So, because um, I was actually always interested in uh, sort of making things and cooking and, and, you know, I just that kind of decided to take this passion further. So I went to study um, just over a couple of years ago now skincare formulation. So that took me to the journey of, uh, you know, thoroughly looking at ingredients, reading the backs of the labels. I mean, I was always one of those crazy people reading <laughs> the nutritionist labels in supermarkets, but I would just kind of took a notch up. But now actually looking, what does this ingredient do? Is it just a filler? Because in the beauty industry, there's a lot of fillers. Always actually functioning, and uh, you know, particularly like even with water now, there's a lot of products um, appearing without water. I don't just mean uh, solid products; I mean even oils, and because people understood that they don't necessarily need this clunky moisturizers and tons of packaging. You can just, you know, oils would have similar functions. So yeah, I've I've studied, and 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 afterwards I realized actually, uh, that first of all, the skincare market. Um, is quite oversaturated, but also because I was so nuts about the packaging, I realized that I just can't find a solution because every type of packaging you look, they will have, in terms of sustainability, some consequences. So only 30% of glass gets recycled, let's say, which because it needs to be sorted, which, you know, etc. And then I was like, I don't want to bring more waste into the world because I'm just trying to, you know, bring something good. And then if you look at aluminium, for example, although 80% of it does get recycled, it actually leaches into a product which makes it harmful uh, for, for customer. Also, it, it makes a very sh sh short lifespan. And with plastic packaging, because um, only like, you know, you can only recycle it a certain amount of time. So again, you're just producing the waste, basically. Yeah, it was just lots of learning and kind of um, studying and like, you know, what, and I just decided that I, I would make solid products for now for hair, but we also, I will be, I'm looking at developing formulations for face and the body as well, so. That's really interesting because I've been going through your website and um, it does come across like not just another beauty brand because you do sound so passionate and, and skilled and you understand this area so well. And 
on your social media as well, every post is not just another post to promote your brand. You genuinely are very informative with, um, you know, with what you communicate, um, which is great. Um, and um, yeah, for me, it's like two passions that I have, which is beauty and, um, you know, the sustainability, the sustainable aspect of it um, is super interesting. So I really enjoyed looking through your website. Um, but the question still stands, you know, what makes solid bars better than the mainstream alternatives? So like, could you bring some points up? Um, um... So I, I guess one of my main things is, so for example, if we look at shampoo bars, um, so typical shampoo would have about 80 to 95% of water, leaving the customer only with that minimal 5% of actual active ingredients. And um, also, so apart from unnecessary packaging, um, you know, we can ob obviously ac activate um, the product with water that we have in a shower so the heavier the products because there's a thing in beauty if you have a sort of heavy heavier the product the more money you can charge for it because that's like a luxury kind of thing but it's actually tricking the consumer i guess because they don't need this weight because this weight adds to the waste and the carbon footprint and etc so it's just it's like an illusion i guess so um, and also, um, again, with the difference, I guess, with, with our bars, and, and it's obviously the ingredients, the, the main cleansing ingredient is um, SLS, which is uh, sodium lauryl And some people, although it doesn't directly cause any sort of horrible, like horrible stuff like cancer, um, a lot of people still have, uh, they feel like they have irritated skull, scalp and um, for example, because this, this it's also used in all sorts of cleansing and, and products and, and like shower gels and baths, everything. So if you are kind of, if you notice that um, your this, the, you know, products cause irritation, that would be the first ingredient to, to extract because there are these days so much more milder, as I mentioned, called green surfactants that could be used. So that would be the biggest ingredients. But however, there's a lot of bars uh, without naming any kind of big companies, there are a lot of bars appearing, but they still use that SLS product, which effectively, yes, they reduce the waste, but it's actually not much better for for customer because it still could potentially cause irritation. And um, another thing with SLS, although because it's so potent and it's synthetically derived, it's actually derived from from petrol. Um, you uh, you know potentially that means that because it's so potent that ingredient that product will have to be tested on animals before they introduce it to humans because if it's so you know so strong you can't but whereas mild ingredients you can actually um, eradicate that well these are, these are huge um you know points when you think from the sustainability side and definitely convince me um just one <laughs> question more from like maybe a bit of a girly side but um doesn't just touch girls i've just noticed that i think three of us have a bit of a similar hair structure <laughs> so i was just wondering whether um you know you experienced some differences when you started using your own bars because i assume that's the main product you use right so yeah. like what are the actual differences you've noticed on your hair so definitely the hair is kind of softer so i remember like one, one of the main reasons I also even decided to look at um, creating a shampoo product because when we go traveling and you stay in a hotel and then you use some shampoo and you come out and you feel like you have a brillo pad <laughs> instead of hair 
because it just doesn't sort of work. It's just so harsh and it makes it so the, the actually, so it's a healthier look and healthier feel and it's just very soft. And this is what the customers have also been saying that it just, yeah, it's, you could totally get the difference because it's, yeah, the, the, the speeding of the hair. Maybe I'll have to try that because I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'm actually one of the, with a, you say you're crazy because you read ingredients. I think that's crazy smart, by the way. But um, I, I guess I, I'm crazy in another way. I, I'm part of the Poolist movement. So it, I, I haven't really been using any, any shampoo for a while. I, I use different types of rinses that I make out of like vinegar and stuff. But I'm still having some issues with like, it is still kind of like, it's got that dryness. So I'm definitely... Mm -hmm. Definitely curious about your product. I'd, I'd love to try it. Um, so, yeah, vinegar rinse is one of those things when people tell me about the vinegar rinse, I'm like, oh my God, because yes, this is what happens when you wash your hair with soap and then because it's obviously so hard because the pH is wrong for you and then they tell you about the vinegar rinse. I personally think it's actually quite damaging for, for the structure of your hair and there's scientific research behind it, but uh, I know I think it's really bad. <laughs> Okay, but I guess since your soap isn't really a soap, I can still be part of the Poulouse movement. Uh, <laughs> by the way, everybody, that's that's like short for shampoo. Um, so, and you should check out that just if you're curious. It's kind of yeah, no, no, I, I, oh, trust me, I read, I read the about it. Yes. I, I guess you know all about it, it's, and it's I guess maybe has a lot of shortcomings. So I'm I'm glad that you've been working on this product, and I'm I'm particularly uh, you know I'm one of those uh, crazy people who reads the ingredients too, and like everything it takes me way too long to shop especially in taiwan where i've got to like scan oh the God. thing and and then translate it it's, it's a nightmare but um what are some of the ingredients and like harmful things that are coming from i guess the the soap industry in general uh that mm -hmm. that people might not know about um i think maybe the soap industry is not as bad as some some others so for example um you know first of all depending on where you are in the world so i know you mentioned taiwan i actually don't know much about the regulation there but i know for example in different countries they obviously have different laws so in the us which is just insane the regulation hasn't been reviewed for so many years so they only have 11 ingredients which are prohibited comparing to european union where they have 1300 ingredients uh, or in Canada where, where there's 500 ingredients. So, and that because of this loophole that actually, unfortunately for citizens of America, there's so many nasty companies that just find very creative ways to, to hide this ingredient. So for example, uh, the, the worst ones would probably be for the environment and for us as humans would be like floor polishes or um, kind of various detergent ingredients or like glass cleaners and stuff so I don't know if you've heard of this company called DuPont oh, yeah. um, yes of course yeah they you know because of the recent film um, was called Devil We Know and also um, as, as you probably live in Asia you I don't know if you knew that, that they were involved in Vietnamese war they were the ones actually also making the napalm for for vietnam um anyway so now uh, if you sort of google non uh, non-biodegradable surfactant they'll come up with a, something called fluorosurfactant 
and when um, and it's linked directly to this company because what they did is they trademarked it under some creative name and they still sell it and they make products with it and which means that you know it would washes in out our soil <laughs> maybe not our soil directly in uk but you know for people because i don't know which countries they distribute to but so it's so hard to know <laughs> where, you know because every time you see a new ingredient you're like oh this is interesting and you'd think it's something good but a lot of times it's some <laughs> something nasty because um, there's no there's no like there's nobody stopping them doing that so mm. yeah i mean i i personally uh when i when i think about uh dupont i like to i, I like to say don't pont but there, there's a, a ton of different companies owned by dupont by the way mm. and it's really the responsibility of the consumer we really have to start to become familiar with uh, a lot of these giant companies will own just so many like small companies they'll buy up a lot of brands that used to be ethical and then kind of kind of start making them less ethical. But yeah, the US is like the worst place for chemicals. So if you're in the US and watching this, you really should start watching your ingredients that you're intaking because the companies are uh, like the same ones that have been making um, weapons of mass destruction. And, um, and there's DuPont's just one of them. Um, but I'm kind of curious, um, so just for the, the average person who's watching this, or not average, um, like, so when you're talking about these chemicals, I mean, you mentioned like floor polish and all this stuff, like you're talking, I guess, about like the parabens and the polyethy polyethylene glycols and phthalates, mm. formaldehydes, like I know those ones are typically in soap products, which is really mm. scary. Um, is that what you're talking about? Um, or are you just like using the common names for them, like floor polish? Um, no, no, those are the ones I'm talking about. And obviously they are eradicated in a lot of, um, you know, a lot of products now. But I think it's also for a consumer, I think it's maybe kind of being mindful that if, because basically people have individual um, allergies and some, you know, like I said, so the same product can be used by different people it'll be fine on somebody but it won't be on someone else so as i mentioned the the main one would be sls because it's a sulfate and there's a lot of controversy around it as well although it's not actually as damaging so it doesn't cause any particular diseases but it, it can be very um you know it will cause irritation i mean for example my mum she literally went through a phase where she had to like uh wash like i remember her eating food in gloves because she was just so severely allergic to to everything and particularly to soaps which is like how do you then clean your hands but so it is from individual to individual uh but i think being in europe i just don't see as much because we are just so heavily protected by by the law and and i also make sure that i again reading the labels and buy the most mildest products that there are on the market uh, i just wouldn't purchase if something looks like it's just pure chemicals <laughs> yeah and it, it what well, congratulations to to europe for for actually caring about people um and for for those of you who are, are um, watching this and wanting to know a little bit more i'll post a link to some of those harmful chemicals that you might want to be mindful of i don't want to spend all day going into those. I mentioned a few of them, but a lot of them are known to cause cancer and known to cause environmental problems. So it's running off into the water supply and causing um, significant damage in some cases. Um, and this is a problem that is going to obviously depend on your country. So um, we're only talk talking about Europe and uh, the US, but you know, obviously, uh, like for example, in China, they just passed a law to make it so that animal testing on 
cosmetic products would not be mandatory. So like everything else was mandatory. So like there's a lot of places that are really backwards. Um, I don't mean to pick on China in particular, but yeah. But no, it's true. They should be ashamed of it. It took them so many years to get that. But yes, it's a huge, uh, it's exciting that they're catching up because there were still um, a lot of companies actually had to make a decision that we just won't be selling into China because although they have customers who are interested, but they just don't want to go through this and because they think the ethic, <laughs> ethical side of it is more important than making loads of money. So. Yeah, I think it's, it's important. You're right. It's important to um, give that positive reinforcement and when something gets changed um, I can see that a lot on social media you know for example a supermarket would switch some line and completely eradicate all um, packaging for a certain line of products and all people are saying is like oh yeah okay but it's only one product it doesn't you know and keep on saying negative things but this positive reinforcement could um, lead it much further so I think you're very right with, uh, with that type of approach. Um, yeah, it was very interesting, everything you were saying about, you know, the ingredients. Um, yeah, Justin constantly mentions that about the US, that, um, e e you know, EU is so much better in that approach uh, compared to the US. So um, it's something that we hear quite often from him. So, um, yeah, it is quite scary and it is really sad reality. Um, but for the people that are living in the US, um, is there any advice you would give, you know, apart from solid damage and food bars? Uh, what other natural methods of looking after your hair and like generally cosmetics and beauty um, that you would recommend or you use? Uh, well, I personally would say that, um, I mean, there's a lot of recipes on, on the internet about uh, various things, as, as we know, <laughs> Justin put into some of them as well with the rinse. But I personally, so um, I, I have like a maybe bi-weekly, um, I have a loyal vera plant that keeps growing. So I... I use it as a mask for sort of stimulation of the hair, but it's very important to also massage your scalp because it then um, starts, you know, your blood supply to your kind of head and everything and kind of gets moving. So I use aloe vera and also um, various oils um, as sort of like a mask free. Uh, pre-wash so I would leave it in um, just the ends so wouldn't really necessarily put in a scalp because it's obviously quite greasy so just the ends just to make them um, kind of like more nourishing and stuff so I would use oils I mean olive oil would be fine as well but otherwise like coconut oil there are loads of nice oils for um, for hair but co coconut would probably be my personal favorite yeah. interesting I've noticed that coconut oil will sometimes make my hair too oily like my hair will automatically be somewhat mm. oily but um, I'm curious. So yeah, I'm a DIY person. I know a lot of people listening probably are too. So, okay, so I'm using, I, I'm kind of curious if, if, if like I'm sort of on the right track here. So I'm using, <laughs> so I'm using ginger also in the vinegar mixture and I, aloe that I also do in my garden. What was that? Fresh ginger. Fresh ginger, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, no, I'm asking, is it French ginger? You, you oh, no, it? it's powder because I like I have way too much powdered ginger. It's it's organic, but yeah, <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter now that it's powdered. I, maybe it destroyed I personally haven't heard of, of, well, although one of the products, actually one of our products does have ginger, so in the shampoo, so um, and yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I think, you, I, I just don't know how the, the, the powdered one how how like <laughs> how old it is how long it's been through because i'm more into like kind of fresh fresher stuff so a lot of you would literally be cut off from from the plant so 
Yeah, I mean, the, the ginger is growing wild here in Taiwan, so I really don't have any excuse. So I, I just, <laughs> I had I had like a lot of extra ginger, so I thought, oh, I'll try this. I've, I've read some good things, but I, it's really oh, hard to- Do you to... make a mask with it? Do you make a mask with it? I don't. I haven't ever made a mask. Maybe I should. <laughs> I don't know anything about like the, the beauty yeah. world of- you know. Oh, I thought Justin is asking for more advice than I am. <laughs> Well, in terms of coconut oil, maybe I think it's good, but it's obviously moderation. So if you're putting it after you wash your hair, you literally need a tiny drop and just to spread it over your hair because, yeah, otherwise it's just, yeah, it's too much. It will make your hair greasy. So everything in moderation, that's a tip. <laughs> yeah, that was um, super fascinating to learn all these um, facts. And um, yeah, for sure, you, you know so much about uh, not just the UK, but um, how the things are um, in the rest of the world. Um, so as I already mentioned to our listeners that your website and your social media channels are full of really interesting, fascinating information. So it's not just, you know, about the product, uh, but more so generally, you know, information within that um, industry. So um, how can listeners find you online? Um, you know, your website, your social media handles and so on. So the website is um, www.solidomy.co.uk and uh, Instagram is solidomy underscore beauty. We are on Facebook as well, um, so Facebook forward slash solidomy. And we are, we're currently looking to um, launch with a couple of small niche online retailers, but that's still in, in, <laughs> in the works. So I won't really mention the name. So yeah, mainly the website and Instagram. Yeah, I really appreciate your personal advice. And everybody go check out solidimi.co.uk. Again, that's S-O-L-I-D-A-M-I-E.co.uk. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me, guys. It's, it's great, you know, that these conversations are happening and it's amazing that, you know, that, that you, your platform is accessible to so many people and you're spreading the world about sustainability. And I think we're all on the right track. So thank you so much for having me. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's amazing. Thank you so much for raising the awareness as well. I think it's very, very important and you're definitely on the right track. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching. And don't forget to focus on the solutions. Until next time.